Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. you know, nobody's got a monopoly on good ideas. It, it all comes down to the people that you surround yourself with and what you want to do with them, what you don't want to do with them, whatever the case may be. If there's a problem, I bring it up and I solve it right there and then. I don't let things drag out for days or weeks or even months. And you know, I'll literally not leave the room until it's fixed. The bottom line is this. If you're not collaborating within your business, then your business is probably about to die out. If there's a universal law across the most successful people that I've spoken to, it's that relationships have built their business. I'm also looking to see if they are attracting a similar type of audience because let's say John Lee Dumas, he's attracting an audience that's very similar to mine, but they're different in the sense that I haven't really tapped into some of the areas he's been able to tap into. I just think it is extremely valuable to entrepreneurs to have the right connections and the right relationships so that they are able to progress their goals a lot quicker. To execute an idea, you need to be a leader of people um, and because a company is just a group of people. Hey there, I'm Henneke Watkins, Porter, host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Now, every November for one week, there are thousands of events and competitions in close to 200 countries to inspire millions to engage in entrepreneurial activity while connecting them to potential collaborators mentors, and even investors. In 2017, the week is observed during November 13 to 19. Here's how the Entrepreneurial You podcast is playing a role in this very, very special week of global entrepreneurship. I've reached out to six global entrepreneurs to share their thoughts on the theme of collaborating for success. They are Richard Branson, Amy Porterfield, Kirk Anthony Hamilton, Chris Ducker, Michael O'Neill, and Malcolm M.J. Harris. I guarantee you that you are so going to love this very special episode produced, of course, with you in mind as always. Today's episode, of course, is brought to you by Jamaica Stock Exchange, Patwa Apparel, and Bookophilia. Now, let's get right to this very special edition. Starting off this special edition of the Entrepreneurial You is a serial entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author of the bestseller, Virtual Freedom. Originally from the UK, he has lived in the Philippines for 15 years, where he hosts the annual Tropical Think Tank Mastermind event and has founded several businesses, which combined house over 450 full-time employees. He is also a popular business blogger and podcaster at chrisdocker.com and the founder of the personal branding business community, upreneur.com. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial You, Chris Ducker. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Awesome. And with all my guests, I get started with a fun question, which is for you. What is the most bizarre encounter you've had in life? Whoa, that's a good one. Bizarre encounter. <laughs> if you've had any. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had plenty. I'm from London. Um, <laughs> 
I think I think they're a daily occurrence in the city of London. I think probably one of the most, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it bizarre, but kind of well out of left field, very not, you know, expected in any way whatsoever, was I got to hang out and meet Jet Li, the movie star, the Kung Fu movie star many years ago. We hung out in London a little bit, and we put on a, a special screening of one of his movies at the Warner Brothers HQ in London, and it was just a very, very cool afternoon. Didn't expect it, came out of the blue. I had literally a few days to prepare for it, and it was good to hang out with him and do a little Kung Fu and that kind of stuff as well. So we had a lot of fun. Okay, so you know, right now I'm just going, I'm just picturing you in my head doing Kung Fu and all. But anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Well, in all honesty, Jet Li was much better than me. <laughs> One would have thought, huh? <laughs> all right, so Chris, we are going to get started. But of course, before we do, I need you to share your social media handles with us so that our peak performance community can go right ahead and reach out to you while we're having this conversation. Okay, well, when it comes to social, I'm all about Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'm simply at Chris Ducker on all of those platforms. All right, so we are now moving into collaboration and just... You know, we in life and in business in particular, we have to form partnerships. We have to collaborate with other persons. And we're talking about collaborating for success on this very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Now, I want to find out from you, what is the most important thing for you when you're considering building relationships amongst your peers for businesses? Well, I think the most important thing with relationships in general is just to be you all the time. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people kind of put up smoke and mirrors and they be the person that the other people around them or the person that they think other people around them want them to be. So my biggest piece of advice is to just be you all the time. It's the easiest thing to do, right? An original is always worth more than a copy. You're unique. You're perfect just the way you are. And people are either going to love you or they're going to hate you. And that's just Fine. We don't want anything going on in the messy middle, as I call it. We want them to either love us or just absolutely hate us because we only want to surround ourselves with the people that we can genuinely build long-term, lifelong, hopefully, relationships with. And that's the same for customers, for business partners, for suppliers, for friends, whatever the case may be. We don't want any missing middle. We want them to love us or hate us, one or the other. Mm -hmm. I think I could segue into asking a question about resolving disagreements when they occur in partnerships and relationships because, you know, they do happen and, you know, we don't want, as you say, to be falling into that messy middle. So what are some of the ways in which we can actually resolve disagreements when they occur in partnerships that we forge? It just comes down to being honest. I mean, number one, I don't have a business partner. I never have had a business partner, but I have got a wife. And I've got children and I've got friends and I've got customers. And generally speaking, if any problems do development or disagreements or concerns or whatever the case may be, it's dealt with immediately, swiftly, and it's dealt with pure open-mindedness because, you know, nobody's got a monopoly on good ideas. It, it all comes down to the people that you surround yourself with and what you want to do with them, what you don't want to do with them, whatever the case may be. If there's a problem, I bring it up and I solve it right there and then. I don't let things drag out for days or weeks or even months. And, you know, I'll literally not leave the room until it's fixed, whatever it is. 
Mm -hmm. But even in terms of, for example, when you have your conferences and we're going to be getting into youpreneur a bit, you have persons who, you know, other speakers, for example, that you bring on board and you have long term relationships with some of these or longer term you know, mm -hmm. relationships with some of these. So what are some of the critical core values that you look for when you're actually deciding to bring persons on board into what you're doing like these major projects? Look, to get onto one of my stages at one of my events, I have to have a very close relationship with you. All of my events are invite only when it comes to the speakers. I personally reach out to, you know, my influencer friends to ask them whether they want to come and you know, share their knowledge and their experience on stage at the events. We don't do a call for speakers or anything like that. And really, I mean, there's no real qualifying, you know, list of boxes that need to be ticked one by one or anything. But, you know, sometimes a relationship will develop very, very quickly. And I'll know somebody for a year or so. And if I feel that their expertise will lend to the type of event covering the type of content that will be showcasing at the event, if I feel like they're going to fit well in that situation, then I will go ahead and invite them. Some of the other speakers I might know for a decade or anything in between for that matter. So it really just comes down to the type of relationship that I have with somebody, what kind of value I believe they're going to bring to the event itself. And more importantly, also, I don't want speakers at my events to turn up, go on stage, and then just disappear and not be seen. I want my speakers to be accessible. I want them to hang around. I want them to be an attendee when they're not up on stage. And they all understand that. And I'm also very upfront with what I expect from them as a speaker at the event. And they, you know, before they say yes, they take all that on board and, and decide whether or not they want to stick around for an entire weekend or just an hour. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. But I will say, you know, for me, relationships are, you know, something that should be treasured. They're not something that should be used. And I think particularly in the online business world, the latter is becoming a major problem. It's ridiculous how many times I come across people who are trying to make friends with certain other individuals because of what they think that this individual will bring them in the future, whether it's, you know, access to their email list or the ability to get on their podcast or, you know, an affiliate link that they might share in one of their email blasts or something like that. So I think that, you know, in closing, relationships should be treasured not used. And if you go into everything that you're doing from a business perspective like that, not only will you create better business relationships, but also it'll just make everything else so much easier for you across the board. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we want to talk more about is really how to build better relationships. We can, and then we segue into looking at what you are doing at Youpreneur, building community, building personal brands and so on. So you touched a little on it, Chris, in terms of, you know, how we can help to strengthen relationships and relationships. Really, we're not supposed to be going into them thinking, what can we get out of it? But build relationships that will last. But give us some more tips as to how we can help to strengthen relationships that we establish in business and not even just in business, but in life in general. Well, it's time. That's really what it comes down to, I think. It's time. You know, you have to spend time with people. You have to see them in person. Don't just live behind the keyboard or behind, you know, your smartphone. You've got to 
get personal. You've got to let them know what's on your mind. You've got to find out what's on theirs, find out their birthdays, find out their spouse's birthdays, find out their children's birthdays, send little gifts, send thank you cards after, you know, you've spent an hour on Skype talking about your next business idea. I mean, I send an average of around 15 thank you cards every single week to my customers, to my suppliers, to people that I just happen to have on my show or whatever the case may be. Although from time to time, I might spend a little less time on thank you cards one month to another. I average out across the year an average of 15 thank you cards sent on a monthly basis. And the reason why I hand write those and ship them from the Philippines, it's not an online service that I use or anything like that, is because a lot of people see that as being old school, as old fashioned. You know, doing that, writing a card by hand and then putting a postage stamp on it and sending it off, that means that you care. It means you give a damn. And people want to know that you give a damn about them. It's the only way to keep the relationships nice and strong. Mm-hmm. Amazing. In truth, they're telling truth right here. Of course, youpreneur, tell us about that. What is it and what are you trying to accomplish or what are you accomplishing with youpreneur? Yeah, well, youpreneur was a community that I set up just over two years ago now. And ultimately, it's a community that's made up of people that want to become the go-to source in their industry, in their markets. So it's made up of people like coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, bloggers, podcasters, experts, that sort of type of thing. And it's kind of morphed. It's morphed over time where, you know, at first it was sort of, we're going to help you build an online business out of your personal brand or what you do and the people that you want to serve. But now it's not just the online business. It's will ultimately help you revamp and pivot your personal brand so that you can start doing things that you really love. We'll help you get speaking gigs. We'll help you become published authors. All these different things that are coming out of the brand as a whole. At the very core of it, it's still the mastermind community, which is online. There's private forums and an acceleration library for people to jump into and enjoy. There's hundreds and hundreds of hours of content so they can kind of brush up on their skills and whatnot. There's a new book coming out. There's a Youpreneur Summit happening in London in November this year, which is basically sold out already five months early. So, you know, Ultimately, this is, for me, Youpreneur's next 10 years of my life. I'm hoping that this will ultimately be, you know, somewhat of a legacy from a business perspective for me. And we've got a lot of plans to grow it out and build it into something a lot bigger than just me and a couple of thousand people masterminding together online. It's a much, much bigger deal than that. And we'll slowly but surely roll out the plans in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so I want you again, Chris, to share your contact details and even how persons may become a part of Youpreneur if they are interested. Well, if anybody's interested, they can just go to youpreneur.com. You know, for all and everything else to do with me, you can just go to chrisducker.com. I practice what I preach. So everything sits at my personal name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. We have been talking to Chris Ducker, members of our Peak Performance community. You're listening to Chris Ducker. And this is a very, very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. It's Global Entrepreneurship Week. And so we are doing everything to for you to just think global, scale up, you know, and no longer be content with sitting in your corner or doing what it is that you're doing 
on the side. We want to make it big. And so we're making sure that we're bringing you the persons to help you do that. And we've always been doing that since we started our podcast. So thank you so much, Chris, and all the very best with everything that you've been doing. All right. Thanks, Hannah Cup. Appreciate it. Our next guest on this special edition is an internationally recognized financial services CEO and motivational success teacher. His rise began when he started an insurance agency at his dining room table as a side business while working as a management consultant for a big four firm. Today, his core businesses include National Care Financial Group, which has become one of America's largest African-American-owned financial services firms, and MJ Harris Omnimedia, which produces content receiving millions of views monthly around the world. National Care Financial Group is a premier brokerage platform for over 400 insurance agencies in the United States of America seeking to reach the African-American and Hispanic markets with top-tier financial products. He has been featured by, get this, Oprah Winfrey, USA Today, Black Enterprise, Huffington Post, and Ebony Magazine. No better person to continue the dialogue of collaboration for success than Malcolm M.J. Harris. Welcome, Malcolm, to The Entrepreneurial You. Thank you so much for having me. It is such, such, such a pleasure, a pleasure to truly be on today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. And so I'm going to start you off with a fun question. Uh-huh. Absolutely. If you were to live on a space station for three months and only allowed to bring three personal items with you, what would they be? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I would bring my cell phone because let me tell you, I feel like I built and manage my business by my cell phone. You can do everything on your cell phone. So space station or the moon, (laughs) I can still do what I need to do if I've got my cell phone. Another item would be, let's see here, let's see here. It would be my favorite throw from my sofa. It was a gift to me from one of my friends when he went to Paris. And it's the softest thing ever. I mean, when you sit in it, you instantly want to relax and the whole world just literally evaporates. You are literally just engulfed in that. Mm-hmm. And I bring a picture of my mom just to always uh, remind me of her. Oh, those are three amazing things. Of course, I can relate to the cell phone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, now, Malcolm, before we get into discussing collaboration for success, I'd want you to plug your social media handle that we can find you. Happily. So my social media handle across all platforms is MJ Harris Speaks. So that's M-J-H-A-R-R-I-S-S-P-E-A-K-S. MJ Harris Speaks. Awesome. And of course, my peak performers, you can find me, Henneka Watkins Porter, on Instagram, also on Twitter. Yes, yes. Twitter, Henneka Watkins Porter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right, so now let's hit right into it. You have such an inspiring and interesting story of growth and success, Malcolm. How did you do it? Well, I'll tell you how I did it was a lot of work. You know, I will say that one thing I know to be true about myself is that not the best dancer on earth, and I cannot dribble a basketball, but one thing no one can do better than me is put in the work to create my dream, right? 
And I have an incredible work ethic. I do not stop until the work is done. Even in my off time, my business is still in the back of my mind thinking of ways to improve it. I am tenacious. I am resilient. I literally make sure that I am the hardest working person within my company. I'm not a passive CEO. I am someone who, from when I had one team member to when I had, you know, over 400 team members, I'm someone who keeps his finger on the pulse of what's happening. And I think that if you can have a high level of attention to detail, and if you can have a strong work ethic, there's nothing that you can't learn. There's no skill you can't develop and there's no level of success that you can't achieve. Mm -hmm. So working hard is not a cliche, although it sounds like one, it's not one. It really works. Oh, no, no. I don't know too many people who have gained wealth and success who did nothing, you know, within it, perhaps after getting it and then you can afford to hire all the staff to take care of everything for you, then maybe you can pull back a bit more. And I'll tell you my work, you know, my workload has changed where it's more oversight than actually doing the actual task at this point, because now I have the resources to have people to help me. But it, at the end of the day, it still is work. You still have to to work hard. You know, I yet to find the passive path to wealth building. Mm, interesting. No, of course, you don't get to 400 staff members, employees by yourself. You know, clearly you've had to over the years build a team, collaborate with other persons. And so I'd want to get from you a sense of what role did collaboration play in your success as you see it? You know, it's so funny that you asked about that because I was just having a conversation with my grandmother. My grandmother has been in the financial services industry since 1981. She was the person who helped inspire me to start my business. And one of the things we were talking about was just the need for collaboration. I can tell you that my business, I was growing up for the first couple of years, and then it hit a certain point, it just was stagnant. Once I hit about 72 producers, it got stagnant. It could not grow. And it, what it was is that because for me as a leader, I'm a great recruiter, you know, but there were other skills that I did not have, other things that I needed in order to continue to grow the business. And so I ended up collaborating. I brought on a business partner, and I brought on some strategic partners who were actually previously my competitors, believe it or not. What brought them on, and we were able to come together to create something that was huge. And literally within less than a year, really in less than nine months, we were able to take it from 72 people to the numbers that we have now. I mean, we recruited almost mentioned 400. I need to update my bio because we've actually had as of today about 676 people submit contracting for our company. That kind of rapid growth, like you mentioned, has been the byproduct of collaboration. And one thing that I love to mention to entrepreneurs out here is that this whole thing of being a one-man band, you're not going to make money. You're not going to make as much money as you could, all right? You know, it's sort of the whole idea, do you want all of a grape or do you want half of a watermelon? I'll take half of a watermelon. You see mm -hmm. where I'm going? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I can tell you so many times where people call into the office and they're saying, well, you know, I've got this idea. I got that idea. You know, can you give me advice? And I say, well, why don't you go ahead and collaborate, find a business partner? Well, no, no, no. I, I don't want a partner. I want this. I want this to be mine. I don't want to give up ownership yet. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you're worried about giving up some ownership or giving up some control on something that, frankly, is not very large. 
you know when, <laughs> what are you holding on to you know what i mean <laughs> so you need to expand because i think it, it really is just it takes a paradigm shift but if you look at all the great businesses out here they are the byproduct collaboration rather it was strategic partnerships rather it was in-kind collaborations where there's another business that has a skill set or product or service that complements yours and so you're not creating a new business together but you may be doing some exchanges within it venture capital there are all types of approaches to collaboration that can suit your own appetite for collaboration and your own business model. But the bottom line is this. If you're not collaborating within your business, then your business is probably about to die out. Mm. Well, you mentioned something very interesting about, you know, when you were at that beginner stage and you started, you were looking for people to collaborate. You're talking to even competitors. Hmm. Put some light on that in terms of, you know, because persons are maybe a bit fearful. How can I go collaborating with a competitor? You know, um, aren't they going to be taking away my business kind of a thing? Well, I'll tell you that in looking towards collaboration with competitors, you obviously want to be I'm strategic about it. You know, I think every business should have a strong NDA, non-disclosure agreement. You should not be talking to anybody about your business, competitor or, you know, just anybody for that matter, unless they sign an NDA that spells out, you know, what information is protected, what information they can't compete with, da, 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 da. You know, you need to do that. And so for me, before I would meet with the competitors, I would have them sign something like that. And then within the conversation, I still played it easy. I just wanted to learn more about what they were looking to do. You don't need to go into the initial meetings giving your trade secrets or giving them your financials or giving them proprietary business processes, but you can go in at least to have a conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, and in those type of conversations, I think it doesn't hurt to go in and be very transparent around and know, Hey, the reason why I'm sitting with you today is because I see your business has these particular strengths. I mm-hmm. see that my business has these particular strengths. Here's where I think our strengths may be able to complement one another. Is that something you're open to exploring? And then they can say, huh, yes or no. If the answer is yes, then say, okay, well, I'm going to put together a non-disclosure agreement that can protect both of us, a mutual non-disclosure agreement or a mutual non-compete, whatever it may be. And I'll send over to you a review. If that works for you, go ahead and sign And then we can schedule a conversation where we can talk a little bit more in depth. It literally is almost that simple to get the process going. And then you kind of take it from there. But, you know, your competitors are trying to march towards the same goal as you. So I think finding a competitor who's marching towards the same goal but who can complement you, I think it's just ideal because I'll tell you this much. I've had – I think this is my ninth business. Literally, I've had nine businesses. And (laughs) most of them have failed. Most of them have failed. All except for this one and one other one did not fail essentially, right? And so when I think about that – I've tried to bring on collaborators and partners here and there. And one of the mistakes I made consistently was I was always trying to collaborate with people who were very passionate about my goal, but they may not always have the applicable experience. And I'm somebody where, you know, I can make you excited about rain. I can make you excited about a leaf on the ground. That's just my personality. So I get these people so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to support you. And they get involved and they don't have the skill sets to carry it out what I need them to do. One of the great benefits of collaborating with a competitor is that they already are in the space that you want to be within. They already understand the industry on some level. They already understand the terminology. They already understand some of the challenges and opportunities you may be facing. And so with that understood, the learning curve is less steep so that you can focus more on building them, on building what you're trying to build together, I should say, rather than trying to teach them 
a whole new space to come into. So that's why I think collaborations with competitors or other folks in the in your industry is so valuable because they bring knowledge of the industry, both shared knowledge that you already have together, but also they may bring additional perspectives and additional knowledge of your industry that you previously just did not have. Mm-hmm. You mentioned NDAs. Now, my peak performers may be listening. What good is an NDA, particularly if that competitor or anybody else for that matter would have more resources than I do and I wouldn't necessarily be able to enforce, you know, the conditions or not the conditions, but the clauses of that NDA? Well, I think that that's a fair question when you're signing any contract. At the end of the day, the question of being able to enforce a contract really does come down to each individual's resources, regardless of what you're signing. Rather, you're signing a customer service agreement to have Best Buy's Geek Squad come in to install a computer in your house or you're doing an NDA. At the end of the day, I don't think that anyone should allow their resources or lack thereof to be an inhibiting factor in making sure that they have the proper legal mechanisms in place to protect themselves. Because within your NDA, within your contract, you know, talk to your attorney about the sign, not an attorney. You always have to put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> but within that, you know, it doesn't hurt to have some language in there that may say something to the effect of if either party breaches this particular agreement, that it needs to go through arbitration or mediation select it because that's going to be cheaper than doing all-out litigation. It may also, on top of that, whichever party breaches the agreement, it should spell out in there that that party is responsible not only for paying whatever specified damages, also paying the other party's legal fees within it. You can have mechanisms within a contract where both parties are agreeing to what enforcement looks like and putting some controls on it so that enforcement does not end up having to be a major, major expense. And your final thoughts on this whole matter of collaboration for success? Well, I would say, I would reinforce what I said earlier, which is that if you're not collaborating, your business is probably stagnant or dying. You don't know everything, right? At the end of the day, you need to find what you do best and then collaborate with other people to handle the rest. That really is my philosophy within business, and it has benefited me tremendously. Mm -hmm. And so I'm having you on the Entrepreneurial You podcast one, as well as the virtual conference. But I know by the time this airs, the conference will have already gone. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much, Malcolm. Thank you so much. You have added so much value to this podcast and I'm sure my peak performers they are enjoying you you know it's so interesting because I was sharing with somebody that you are also a speaker on my event and they were like "Woo! I so love Malcolm you know (laughs) (laughs) I love it tell them I said thank you for their support yes 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 so I, I definitely will so thank you Malcolm for being on the entrepreneurial you and I wish you every success but before you go though please remind us of how we may get in contact with you absolutely i'll tell you the best way to reach out to me is to go directly through my website which is www.mjharrisspeaks that's www.mjharrisspeaks.com we've got a contact page there you can say you want to become my client um specify if you want to join my team you can reach out to me um to book me for speaking engagements whatever reason you need to reach out to me you can do it all through that website and either myself or the appropriate member of my team will be able to reach out to you very quickly we pride ourselves on our response time to be able to get you the information and support that you need awesome and you are in in fact amazing thank you so much again all right all the best to you thank you so much all the best to you as well let's take a break to thank our sponsors Wagwan, want to learn to talk like a Jamaican? 
Patwa Apparel has got you covered. Visit them at patwaapparel.com for Irish Jamaican clothing with Jamaican messages making the world smile. Success is something that we gradually work towards as an end goal, but we need to be in the right environment to make it happen. Bookophilia is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students and professionals who want ideas, innovation and inspiration. They have a variety of high quality books, a cafe, events such as book launches, signings and art exhibitions and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture, and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience, allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilia. As we continue to look at the theme Collaboration for Success, joining us today is someone who is no stranger to the podcasting world. Before he started podcasting, he was a designer, creative director, and branding expert for over 15 years. He lost both of his parents within nine months of each other, though, in 2006. Lost all his money and retirement at the age of 35. Started over in 2009 from scratch and hustled to get where he's at today. If you know about the Solopreneur Hour, then you know for sure I'm talking about Michael O'Neill. Welcome, Michael, to The Entrepreneurial You. Henneke, I have to say that just your accent makes me feel like I need to put my feet up and have a Mai Tai. Ah, like I'm amazing. ready. I'm ready for a margarita. <laughs> yeah. Well, come I'm to Jamaica. I'm ready for a margarita or something. Come to Jamaica, oh, man. Oh, it sounds great. <laughs> maybe a good rum drink and yeah, I'm set. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some daiquiri or something. I don't know. Yes, All right. A Mai yeah. Tai. A Mai Tai. I was there. I, I had my rum drink ready. Yeah, cool. How are you? I am doing awesome. I'm amazing. It's wonderful in Jamaica here. It's quite sunny. Sunny and nice. You know, it, I mean, some persons are complaining about the heat, but who's complaining when you're living in Jamaica? Seriously, let's be honest. <laughs> and then they'll be complaining about the cold when it's, you know, it, people do that here. I'm in San Diego and right. it's always 75 and sunny, but today it's warm. Like today is legitimately probably in the 90s. Everyone's like, oh God. I'm like, you know how hot it is everywhere else in the country uh-huh. with humidity? Just stop it. Yeah. It's fine. We're having a great time. Of course. Of course. All right. So Michael, I have to jump into a fun question for you. You're not getting off the hook, right? So here's your fun question. If you had only two weeks to live, what would you want to do or to cross off your bucket list? Let's see, two weeks. And let's see, what makes me the most happy? I would say, so I've been a drummer most of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think I would probably have to go play with one of my heroes or something, or just someone I'd really love to play with. I'd have to make it happen where you know, I play a tune with Sting or John Mayer or something like that on stage at one of their shows. I think that would be the thing I would strive to do. And yes, you are a drummer too. So that makes it yeah. perfect. Yeah. Amazing. It does indeed make it. It'd be really weird if I wanted to play drums and I didn't <laughs> play drums. Yeah. So yeah, I would do that. I think would be really fun. I might do a thing where I drive some of the world's best racetracks because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big hobby guy. So I have a lot of things I like to do. Mm-hmm. And one of them is I have a vintage car that I race and I restored. And so it'd be really cool to, to drive some of the world's great tracks. And I think that I would wrap it up by having this mega party for all my friends. I would have this huge, I would give away everything I owned and, <laughs> and have a massive party with everybody I knew 
so that we could high five and play music and hug and, and all that stuff. Yeah, you seem like a very, very fun person. And speaking of giving away everything that you own, you are no stranger to losing it all. Right. And we're going to be talking as we talk about collaboration for success. You started over and now you're doing really well. And you have what is called conference topia, where it's about building relationships that build businesses one conference at a time. Now, give us a little more info, you know, on what conference topia is and why was there a need to have this event? Well, so on my show, I've done now 500 and whatever episodes, 580 something. And if there's a universal law across the most successful people that I've spoken to, it's that relationships have built their business, that the people that they've met and the people that they surround themselves with are the most important catalyst for why they're successful today. So bearing that in mind, I always knew for the last few years, get to conferences, get to conferences, get to conferences. So I would. But I also have done a lot of training on my own of, you know, body language and NLP and connecting with people and things that really matter when you meet a new person and how to begin to establish those relationships. And a lot of people haven't done that. Plus, you got a lot of people out there that are shy and they're not confident in what they do or what they're doing. They're maybe early on in their journey. So they don't have a ton of confidence walking into these, you know, rooms full of people that are like well dressed and they have all these things going for them. They've got people surrounding them and blah, blah, blah. And so I was at a conference over the summer. I wasn't speaking at it or anything. It was just I was an attendee. And a friend of mine introduced me to someone who was sort of important. They were like certainly important person in their life, but let's say a high ticket, high end business coach. And they just walk up and said, hey, this is my friend, Mike. And the guy was like, yeah, how you doing? And then that was it. And the guy kind of blew me off a little bit. And it was like, you know what? If that were framed differently, we would be having a different conversation right now. Me and the coach. Like if, because I don't know anything about him either. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'm on my phone. Then I'm walking down some hallway in Vegas, not paying attention because I was just introduced. I didn't know anything about the guy and he didn't know anything about me. Then we all sat down at dinner a little while later. And my buddy Clay Bear, who's great at this, introduced everybody around in the right way, which was the, you know, giving back like you just did when you introduced me on the show, which was great, by the way. Thank you. The, just <laughs> background. There's background. There's context. There's I could say like this is my buddy Clay. He's a Kickstarter master. He's also the guy that travels all around the world telling people, teaching people how to use the six word intro to establish credibility and, you know, your brand in a room full of people who don't know you. And all of a sudden, there's all kinds of things to latch on to if you don't know this person, right? So I left that conference going, all right, that needs to be expressed. Someone needs to know how to conference better because if relationships are truly the key to building a business, I want to teach people how to walk into a conference with a plan, with a strategy of how they're going to get their questions answered, and with an intention of building relationships with influencers, if you will, or the speakers or, or whoever, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show them the tools on how to do that. So I put it together as a lead magnet. It's just something I use to build my mailing list. And it's called Conferencetopia. And it's available at conferencetopia.com. And it is, I wanted it to feel like something people would pay for. It's always the idea. I was like, wow, this is cool. I can't believe he gave this away for free, you know? So that was my idea. Mm -hmm. And of course, relationships is the key to building a business. Of course, we got so, you know, excited and, and carried away. I did not plug 
Michael at the very beginning, my peak performers, and you know I like to do that. So if he's saying something and you want to just jump out and tweet at him, you can go right ahead while we're having this discussion. So he is solo hour at everywhere. So on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, solo hour. That's S-O-L-O-H-O-U-R. And of course, you can reach me at hennikawatkinsporter.com or patwapearl.com and on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Henneke Watkins Porter or Patwa Apparel. So let's get right back, Michael. Did you take my course or how do you do that? What's the deal there? Oh my gosh. Or something. Really? Take it coming from you. I really appreciate that, that okay. you're saying that. Yeah. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> right. So not yet. I haven't taken it yet. No, not yet. But okay. All right. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good, right? Yeah. Okay. You have a student coming up. Right. So we're going to continue talking about building relationships and we want to spend some time into, first of all, talking about how to hold this conversation with anyone. And not, not just to hold it, well, to start it. You need to start it. So how to start and hold a conversation with anyone, even if you're shy, right? Some persons, they right. complain. As you said in earlier, you know, they're shy. They don't know how to do it and, and so on and so forth. How do you do that? Well, there's things that people always like to talk about. There's these core subjects that people can talk about, and it's pretty easy for everybody. And it's their family, their occupation. It's the things they like to do or their recreation. And then why? Why are they doing all these things? Why do they live where they live? And that's the motivation. So it's something we call the form method, F-O-R-M. So in a way, if I didn't know you at all, which we're just getting to know each other now, I could say, so you live in Jamaica, is your whole family there? You know, and you could mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, you know, we've been here our whole lives and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great. And so, you know, besides podcasting, what else do you do? What's fun in Jamaica? You know, so you might tell me what you do for work and what you do for recreation. And then I might say something like, well, why do you stay there? Like, what's the draw of you staying there? And you might say, oh, what's a paradise? And, you know, I love the community I'm with and blah, blah, blah. Well, that quick conversation that we had, they say it takes five connecting points to establish rapport with someone. Mm -hmm. So if I can get those five connecting points within a natural flow of that conversation, and I just did all four of them. I just did FORM right there to you. Mm-hmm. And it didn't sound like I did. It, right. didn't, it wasn't obvious. It's a framework for people to have bridged small talk is what I like to say. It's like you're bridging the gap between just like how's the weather and tell me what your, you know, mother's angst did you. You know, like we don't want to get too deep. We just want to have some you know, idea of who that person is and see if there's some references. Because if at some point you said, well, I like to, I stay here because I really, I'm really into stand-up paddleboarding. And I could say, wow, you know, there's a ton of stand-up paddleboarding in San Diego. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't know anything about it, but I could talk a bit about it. And now we're on a path of connecting and connecting and connecting. And what you hope that what's going to happen is you hope that someone's going to go, oh, I really like this person. You know, I'm going to invite them to our drinks, our happy hour, our dinner, or our you know, we're having a meetup after this or a mastermind. I want them to come with me because that's how doors open at conferences. And then again, out in the real world as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, we want to talk a little right now about how it is that we follow up with persons after because we love to go to conferences. You know, we sign up for conferences and we go and we have a great time and we, oh, that was great. You know, we feel energized. But then we leave and nothing really happens after that how do we follow up and ensure that we didn't just go and have a good time but we are making it work for our businesses well i just did this so i went to a conference last weekend or two weekends ago in los angeles and i'm in san diego and while i was at the conference 
So what I did is, first of all, I didn't bring any business cards because I felt like it was kind of a waste because no one ever contacted me anyway the last time I did it. It's not like people wrote to me and said, hey, thanks for your card. I want blah, blah, blah. So I said, all right, I'm not going to bring cards this time, but I'm going to make sure I get everybody else's card. And even more importantly, I didn't even really do that. If they try to hand me a card, I would just look at it and I would put the information into my Evernote account. So mm -hmm. I would always have Evernote going on my phone. And I use Evernote because it syncs up with all my devices. So I can see it on my computer or on my phone or on my iPad or whatever. And it's live. It live syncs with everything. So I'll write the note and I'll put their name and their email address. And then I'll also say something like, you know, I might put a little note to myself, you know, reach out for a blank or talked about this or whatever. While I was at the conference, I set a calendar appointment for myself on the Monday after the weekend. So, you know, I was at the conference Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So while I'm walking around, I would literally use Siri. I would, I'll do it right now. I'll be like, set reminder to follow up about the podcast on next Tuesday. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll remind you. So ah. <laughs> now I've got that in my phone. And when I wake up Tuesday, June 27th, 2017, it says follow up about the podcast. Okay. So maybe I'll leave this in my phone and I'll, I'll write you an email that says, Hey, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Right. So that's just something I do to remind myself. So I'll do that. You know, I put follow up from LA audio show. And because I had all the people in my Evernote, I just went right down the list, wrote them all individual emails and now I've just had a great phone call yesterday and secured my first sponsor for this other side podcast that I'm doing, which is super exciting. But it all happened because everything was intentional. I walked into that conference with an intention of connecting with those people for that purpose. I connected with them live, had great conversations with them, did an interview with one of the guys. And they said, you know, you guys would probably be a great fit for this podcast. And he said, you know, follow up with me on Monday or whatever. Great. So I did. I did exactly what I said I was going to do, which tells the people that you're serious about it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, now things are moving, doors are opening and that kind of thing. But you have to make that happen. It's not something that just naturally takes place. You have to have an intention behind all of this stuff. So what I do when I follow up is I make sure that I write those emails that I say I'm going to write. And, you know, I'll give them a week. If they don't respond to me, I'll write them again. And that's what keeps the needle moving after a conference. Mm -hmm. And it's something I practice as well, Michael. And I find it works. Like every single time I go somewhere, I collect cards. Like I'm feeling like I'm, you know, because I no longer carry cards, right? I kind of like, you know, no more business cards. But I collect them. And each time I write, I write to the person, oh, it was so nice meeting you. Look forward to doing business with you in the future. You know, how we can collaborate and so on. I remember doing that at a conference I was presenting at a couple months ago in St. Martin. And I presented and I collected some cards and I sent some persons who were in attendance an email. And when they came back to the conference the second day, because I just wanted to touch base to make sure that they were in my contacts and so on. And they were like, so taken about like, they couldn't believe that I actually did that. But yeah, I find it works. You know, we have to find ways to ensure that we're not just attending conference after conference and nothing is coming of it. Right. So. Of course, this is a shortened version of the interview because it's a special edition and it's going to form part of a bigger episode. So the final question I'm going to ask you, Michael, is what are your final words, parting words to entrepreneurs in terms of how they can collaborate for success in business? Drinking heavily. No, <laughs> I joke, but I think a consistent meetup is one of the best things you can do, and it can take two forms. Number one, it can do what Dan Martell calls founder dinners, where you just, even if you don't know them all, 
you write to the entrepreneurs in your area and say, I'd like to invite you to a special dinner full of entrepreneurs. There's only, there's going to be a select few people that are here. We're going to pick 10 people. We're going to meet at this place. Everyone's going to be on their own as far as payment. You don't buy the whole table food, but you get all these people together and you go around the table and everyone does introductions of who they are and what they're about. You can do those things every week. You can do them every two weeks. You can do them every month and they will drastically expand your network. Two is, and this is what I was alluding to with the drinks, have a weekly happy hour. Have a thing where you do entrepreneurs happy hour every Friday at some local spot from six to eight or something like that. And just invite everybody and tell them to invite their friends. And, you know, we did that in Colorado. And before we knew it, we had hundreds of people that were going to this thing. And all of a sudden it turned into this, like one of the most amazing network devices that I've ever seen. So everyone likes to be included. I think if you put something down that's consistent, if you always find yourself available, you know, on a Thursday from five to nine, go, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to put this thing together, put it out on Facebook, say, hey guys, I'm having a little entrepreneurial happy hour this Thursday. Who wants to join? In fact, I'm going to take my own advice and do that this week. I don't know when, but I'll do that this week. Yeah, I'm, trust me, I'm doing it too. I am doing it too. So you're not alone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you just do it. And then, you know, even if you don't know people very well, that's how you get to know people and how you make the connections that you want. Mm -hmm. uh, peak performers. There you, there you go. Peak performers. Now, before I actually close out, Michael, you had mentioned about the art of the interview. You want to share a little about that for us? So my thing, I think the, the thing that separates my particular show from others is that I really do these deep dive interviews with the people that a lot of people, you know, know. We, you mentioned Chris Ducker. You mentioned, I'm sure you have a lot of people coming up on your summit, but I like to really find out who they are, because it's easy to talk tactics. It's easy to give 10 ways to do blankety blank. Mm -hmm. It's much harder to find out, well, how did you do that while you were managing this relationship that was struggling? And then you have a kid and you were having financial problems. And it takes real bravery to tell those stories and to ask those stories. And so I've always sort of thought, I want to give these interviews that are different and maybe not as duplicatable for everybody. Like you can't just walk out and just become a great conversationalist. You know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a thing you have to develop. And so after doing it for a couple of years, a lot of people said, how do I do that? And I said, I don't know how to make you a better conversationalist. But then I thought, let me think about this. Because after enough people asking, I said, let me think about this. And so I spent months and months and months trying to articulate just that. And I finally did. And last October, I put this thing together. It's interesting, I think, because it's the only course I've ever seen that gives you three different ways to consume it. So you can do the ebook version. They're all included, but you can do it on your Kindle if you want, or you can do the podcast version. Just listen to it on your phone and while you're walking the dog, or you can do the video version, or you can do any combination of the three because I did, and they're all unique. It's not, I didn't just extract the audio from the video. I did a whole new training in podcast form. And so that was something I was really proud of. And it guides you through the before, during, and after of giving a great interview and why it matters. And here's why it matters. I will share something really quickly with you. When you give a great interview, it makes people take action. The guy I was just referring to, I did an interview with him at the show a couple of weeks ago. The first thing he said to me when we were on the phone, he's like, the reason why we're having this conversation is because we came off so well on that interview you did that we want to work with you now. So 
I've had people like Pat Flynn, like Derek Halpern, write me privately and say, yours is my favorite show. You know, Pat said that. Derek came out of the blue, hadn't done a podcast in three years, and goes, hey, dude, when can I be on your show? Like, let's go do this. And I was like, that says something that they trust what the show is. And so I've done my best to try to, to demonstrate that to people that, frankly, in an industry that are terrible, I think most podcasters are terrible at their job, mm -hmm. and they don't understand the responsibility of being a good host. So I tried to put this thing together, and it's available at artoftheinterview.co. And I'm super proud of it. The way I'm framing it is that if you do a podcast, if you interview anybody on live stream or you ever have a desire to talk to another human for the rest of your life, this is a good course for you. <laughs> so virtually, it's good for everybody. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank That's you correct. so much, Michael. You know, peak performers, I'm sure you had a great time. You had lots of takeaway in this short time that we were here. I know I'm going to be taking up you know, this app or a suggestion because it doesn't cost a lot, you know, no. and it's something that I can do it within a short time. So go right ahead, network, 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 build your net worth by simply networking and, you know, helping each other. We all have value that we can share with each other. It has been my absolute pleasure having you on the show, Michael. And of course, I'm putting it out there that we can do a solo show at another point. So thank cool. you so much for coming on and wishing you all the best as you continue to inspire through the medium that you're using. Hanukkah, it's been a little slice of heaven. Thanks so much for having me. Next up on this very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You is an online marketing expert and educator and the host of the top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. She has worked with mega brands like Harley-Davidson Motorcycles and Peak Performance Coach, Tony Robbins, where she oversaw the content development team and collaborated on groundbreaking online marketing campaigns. Through her best-selling marketing courses, thriving social media community, and popular podcasts, she inspires a grounded, tangible, and self-affirming sense of, wow, I really can do this, for over 250,000 online entrepreneurs. She proves that by moving away from step-by-step step and into action-by-action, action, even the newest online entrepreneur can bypass overwhelm and self-doubt and instead generate exciting momentum as they move closer to building a life and business they love. I'm speaking of no other than Amy Porterfield. Welcome, Amy. It is such a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you so very much for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. Awesome. So before we get into the thick of things, I have a fun question for you. Here goes. If you could be an Olympic athlete, what sport would you compete in? Oh, swimming. I absolutely love to watch swimming in the Olympics. I'm not an expert swimmer by any means, but definitely that's the one I would choose. Awesome. All right. So let me just quickly plug your social media. So for my peak performers listening in on Facebook, you are Amy Porterfield, Instagram at Amy Porterfield, Twitter, the same thing at Amy Porterfield and on iTunes, amyporterfield.com slash iTunes. And of course, amyporterfield.com for Amy's website. Now we are going to move straight into or topic that we've been looking at, and it's on collaboration. Now, Amy, you have a thriving online business, as I alluded to earlier. What role did collaboration play in your success? 
You know, it's so funny that we're talking about this at this time, because I literally was putting together a podcast around collaboration and I was breaking down all of the different ways I've collaborated from the very beginning. And I realized looking at these seven different ways I've collaborated in my notes, I thought, holy cow, it's played a much bigger role than I actually realized. And a lot of times people think of collaboration as just like a JV partnership where I promote someone's program or they promote mine. But there's so many different ways to collaborate in an online business that through the years I've done different types of collaborations that truly have not only built my brand, put my name out there, attracted a new audience, but also helped me build more revenue in my business. So I'm a huge fan of collaboration. And so for those entrepreneurs who believe that they can do it alone, why should they seek to establish partnerships with others? One of the biggest reasons is because you would be amazed how much of a bigger audience you will attract if you allow yourself into some collaborations with people that you normally wouldn't get in front of their audience. And so today with social media and online marketing, of course, there are many ways to attract an audience, but with social media, it's getting harder and harder to be seen and heard because there's so much noise. So I feel like the right collaborations cut through the noise and get you right into the sweet spot where your message is getting seen by people that are new to you, but they trust the person you're collaborating with so there's an instant affinity or an instant trust right there that you don't typically get just through social media or even just with Facebook ads. So that's one of the reasons why I think it's a must. So what I'm hearing you saying, Amy, is that although it sounds cliche, the acronym TEAM, Together Everyone Achieves More. Yes, it's very true. Very true. <laughs> awesome. No, of course, this is just, uh, you know, because it's, it formed part of a larger segment. So it's not a, a long interview. No, I have a final question for you. And that question is, what are some of the critical values you personally look for when you're deciding to forge a partnership? I see the partnership that you, you know, you go, you forge with John Lee Dumas, which, you know, I'm a big fan. He's been on my show. Mm, me uh, too. Pat, yeah. <laughs> Pat Flynn and so on. What are some of the core values that you look for when you decide to forge a partnership? Such a great question. I'm always looking to see if their style of marketing is in alignment with my style. So if they have a really aggressive type of marketing, maybe the typical internet marketing look and feel, probably not my style. I'm also looking to see if they are attracting a similar type of audience because let's say John Lee Dumas, he's attracting an audience that's very similar to mine, but they're different in the sense that I haven't really tapped into some of the areas he's been able to tap into. So there's an alignment that I'm looking for, but then of course, an introduction to new people that I normally wouldn't have access to. So I'm looking at how they're marketing, their style of marketing. I'm looking for an integrity. I want them to be open and honest, and I want them to be able to share at a level that most marketers might not share. So I want them to let people in. And if I see that level of vulnerability and just leading with integrity, I typically am drawn toward those types of marketers and want to do a collaboration with them. So those are some of the things I'm looking for. You know, you hit, I did say final question, but you hit on something very important. And as a follow up to that, so you talk about the vulnerability. 
And I find that a lot of marketers, as you rightfully say, they don't necessarily want to put themselves on the line and they don't want to put themselves out. They're constantly hiding. So they have one persona for, you know, the business thing. And then behind the scenes, they're a different person and they don't want to allow their audience to know who they are really, you know. But you're saying as one of the things that you look for, vulnerability is very important. And why is that so important, though? Because it's the truth, in my opinion. I'm attracted to people in the sense that they truly will share the good with the bad. They'll talk about their wounds and their challenges as well as their wins. And if you just hear about their wins and how much money they make and how great they are, I feel like their true self is not coming through. And I have a trust issue with people like that. And so I want to hear the grittiness, the mistakes, the challenges, as well as how they got to the big wins. And so Mm -hmm. that's why it's important to me. It's a huge trust factor. Mm -hmm. So my peak performers, you've been hearing me talk with Amy Porterfield and some of the things, some of the values, the core values that she actually looks for when she's deciding to forge a partnership with anyone. The style of marketing is absolutely critical. A similar type of audience is very important. Alignment, making sure that, you know, there's some form of alignment there so that she can also tap into that audience integrity and vulnerability and I so absolutely agree especially with vulnerability I mean I agree with all of them but certainly as it relates to vulnerability because too many fake people are going around too many facade too many persons are presenting a story and presenting herself that they're not and I believe that is the biggest hindrance to anyone's growth is to present a picture that you're not and so at this point in time I want to say thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on and sharing. You know, I know how valuable your time is. This is an absolutely amazing episode. Like all the episodes are amazing. But, you know, putting all of this together with all these wonderful people, Chris Ducker, putting it together with Michael O'Neill, Kirk Anthony Hamilton, and yourself, Richard Branson. I have a snippet from him as well, which you also hear. So... In closing, let me just share again Amy's contact, Amy Porterfield's contact, so you can hook her up online. She's very genuine. What you see on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and even having this conversation with her is what you actually get. So on Facebook, it's Amy Porterfield, her full name. Instagram at Amy Porterfield. Twitter at Amy Porterfield. iTunes amyporterfield.com slash iTunes and of course her website amyporterfield.com so thank you so much Amy it has been my absolute pleasure to have you on and I wish you every success as you continue to inspire and cause positive change thank you so very much for having me I just love talking to you so thanks again so my peak performance as you know it does take hours of work to produce one 30-minute episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast and I really love it. I enjoy it immensely. But you've been listening for a while and you've been thinking to yourself, if only there was a way to make a contribution to this amazing work. Well, now there is. For as little as $2 per month, you can be a part of this movement. You can contribute because you're already a part. You can contribute to this movement. It will really go far away. As we say in Jamaica, every mickle make a muckle. So simply go to patreon.com forward slash T-E-Y to find out how. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash T-E-Y to learn how you can make a contribution directly to this movement. And of course, there are several perks right there awaiting you. So go right ahead and sign up, make a commitment to this great movement. Now, if you're looking for some great resources, some excellent resources to 
peak your performance, visit the resources page on hennikawatkisporter.com to gain access. Of course, all the products and services that are listed are ones that I actually use and I can recommend. They have been helping me immensely in my quest to level up and I know that they will help you too. Our next featured guest is an architectural designer turned entrepreneur and investor from Kingston, Jamaica. He is the founder of the Infinity Partnership, the Destination Experience and Tech Beach Retreat. His primary mission is to elevate the Caribbean's image as a business and investment destination by creating connections with a global business ecosystem, catalyzing wealth creation opportunities for the region. He has built a strong reputation for his ability to craft deep partnerships and build communities connecting wealth, influence, and opportunity. And so I'm so excited to have on the Entrepreneurial You for this special edition, Kirk Anthony Hamilton. Welcome, Kirk, to the Entrepreneurial You. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. And so I start off with a fun question, which I subject all my guests to. So here goes. If given a chance, which person would you like to be for a day or who would you like to exchange roles with? I would say Elon Musk. Ah, why? <laughs> I'm just a big fan of everything that he has created. So to put my foot in his shoes would be amazing. All right. Amazing sauce. Okay. So before we get into the thick of things, I want you to share with our community of peak performers, Kirk Anthony, your social media handle, you know, where it is that you're most prevalent. Probably Instagram. So at Kirk Anthony underscore JM. And it's the same for Twitter, but I am way more active on Instagram. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was like Facebook or something like that. All right. So thanks for sharing. And of course, my community members, you know that you can reach me at com or com, And on social media, it's hennikawatkisporto for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as patwaparel. So Let's get into the meat of the matter. And we are continuing on this very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You to talk all things partnerships and collaboration. So, Kirk, you have managed to connect with some amazing entrepreneurs from all over the globe. I need you to tell us how it is that you've managed to do that. (laughs) Well, I guess that's a big one. But the most I can share with your listeners as a point of action is that a few years ago, I just realized that in order for me to be successful, there were a group of people that were missing from, you know, where I live, which is Kingston, Jamaica, and that I needed to be able to get in touch with these folks. And so I set out on a path to try and connect with some of the best in the world. And really, I think what it amounts to is just putting the word out that this is your goal and this is what you're interested in. And over time, things seemingly tend to come together. What I ended up doing was I positioned a event slash community called the Destination Experience, where I set a goal, as you had mentioned in my introduction, to really help to elevate the Caribbean's place in the business world and to connect us with the rest of the world around business and investment, innovation and technology and such, and started inviting people to the table. And I did this by not just 
reaching out to people I already knew, but asking others for introductions to folks who they thought might be interested. You know, we built up a considerable network over time with doing that. But then also, you know, I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time in these other global communities. You know, my participation in the World Economic Forum, Global Shapers Community, for example, has been extremely valuable. And traveling the world to meet as many amazing people as I can along the lines of the mission that I have set out on. All right. So I realize how very humble you are as you're talking. Now, I'm going to ask you, Kirk Anthony, to name drop, call some of those names, because we want our community to recognize that nothing is really impossible. You know, as long as you have a clear plan, you have a dream, you have a clear plan and you begin to execute, it can happen and it will happen. So do some name dropping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have connected with a number of the sharks from Shark Tank. So Mark Cuban, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John, I met them all at the White House. Nate from Airbnb as well. The founder of Chobani, Hamdi Ulukaya, is someone that, you know, I've built a reasonable relationship with and admire quite a bit. That's a few. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. You know, I've been to the White House with President Obama. So, yeah, doesn't beat that one, I guess. <laughs> sure. All right. So I want to know from you, in your mind, why is it important for business owners, entrepreneurs to be making connections and to be moving out of their comfort zone? Because too many times I find that we are so comfortable where we are because we're crippled by fear. And we think that if we try and make an attempt to connect with some persons, we may face rejection, which nobody wants to face. So I need to hear from you, Kirk Anthony. Why is it important to establish these kind of relationships and connections? Well, the reality is that people run the world, right? And so while some of us may shy away from connecting with folks, I think anyone who's in business comes to some level of realization at some point that the value that they're able to create and the transactions that they're executing on all end up stemming down to a certain level of connectivity with people. And it doesn't matter if you are totally hand-to-hand kind of business or if you're even an e-commerce platform like Amazon. At the end of the day, there will always be critical and very important parts to your business that come down to who do you know and the relationships that you have, right? And so anyone who is, I think, pursuing growth should be out there building relationships and connecting with folks. And I just spend a lot of time trying to connect with people who I believe are significantly further along this journey than I am, right? With a look towards, you know, not just transactional connections, but being able to learn from these folks and to some extent draw from their energy. I mean, the nuggets that you can get from a Hamdi Ulukaya in five minutes are things that people take a lifetime to learn, right? That others might not be able to share with you. Mm-hmm. And who is, sorry, who is that person? Oh, Hamdi Ulukaya. I'd mentioned him earlier as one of the people that I've connected with, the founder of Chobani Yoga. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So I admire him a lot because to me, he's in some way somewhat of a Richard Branson. He has that very hands-on entrepreneurial story, got up through various means, was able to acquire this factory and started manufacturing Greek yogurt in the US, which was never a thing before him. But, you know, He tells me the story of when he used to have to pack the trucks, right? So he's, to me, the entrepreneur's entrepreneur, which is how I tend to think of Richard Branson as well, right? So, yeah, it is just critical to me that if you are in business, you start to realize that 
most challenges are solved through who you know. So even when it comes down to the time when entrepreneurs may end up needing something from a bank, right, or when you're looking to raise capital, etc., if people do not know you, these are very challenging value propositions, right? And I just think it is extremely valuable to entrepreneurs to have the right connections and the right relationships so that they are able to progress their goals a lot quicker, right? Naturally, for me, the term entrepreneur reflects towards someone who is about and wants to maintain an open mind, right? We have to be the ones that believe that more is possible than meets the eye, right? And what better way to not only maintain, but to grow this thinking by being in touch with other people, other like minds. And in many cases, for me, you know, folks who have achieved this, you know, that's a big part of it for me as well is just being pushed to keep on going, right? When I started what I'm doing, I didn't realize it was actually going to be challenging, if I'm being very honest. I thought it was a very simple value proposition that everyone would get. And so it's been very important for me to be able to navigate in a world where there are people who don't see the idea as too big, right? In fact, in many cases, push you to think that maybe it should be bigger. And so I think anyone who is looking to have a sizable footprint would naturally lean towards and and need to build out a connectivity that is much beyond themselves is the best way for me to put it. Mm -hmm. All right. And my final question to you is to share some networking tips with our community of peak performers. You've done it you know, exceptionally well. So I'm sure you have a few tips up your sleeves you can share with our very valued community listening in. Well, the first thing is I don't call it networking. So I'm more focused on relationship building. Networking has become an extremely transactional term. And I find that a lot of people focus on immediate outcomes, right? So What value can I get from that guy tomorrow morning when I send him an email? The greatest piece of advice I've ever gained around building relationships was some years ago, I met with a a real estate developer while I was attending an architecture conference. And it's the largest architecture conference in the world. So there were 20,000 architects there, but it was during the recession. And I was kind of asking him what, you know, if he was attending and he told me, no, I asked him why not. And He gave me some reasons, but I basically said to him, you know, I'm a bit confused as to why 20,000 architects are having a meeting when all of them are struggling to find work. And, you know, there's no diversity in the room. And that was a big realization for me. But either way, you know, I just graduated college and he asked me, you know, what are you up to? And I basically said at the time I was looking for a job. So I said, you know, I'm doing what I believe I'm supposed to be doing, which is I'm networking as much as I can. And he said, you know, that's good. But just think about one thing while you're navigating these rooms, which is it's not really about networking. It's about access. And he pretty much said, you know, Kirk, you can walk out of that room that you're in with 100 business cards. You can even walk out with 1,000 business cards. But if when you're done, you send an email or you try to call one of these people and they don't pick up or they don't respond, then what value did you really get? And so it's way more about how you connect with people and the memorable impression that you leave than the quantity of hands that you shake and the amount of business cards that you distribute. So that would be my big nugget to kind of share with everyone here is that access is really what you're looking for, right? So when you're dealing with especially people of a certain success level, the more time you have with them, the more valuable 
clearly they see you and the better naturally the relationship is. And so that's really what you want to walk away with more than anything else, right? You know, this is not about for anyone, I don't think, just collecting a Rolodex just so you have all these email addresses, but you can't really write to these people. So I think that is the most important takeaway that I would give to anyone. But I also will share as well, you know, we're moving from a fairly transactional world into a transformational one. And so, like I said earlier, for me, networking tends to be somewhat of a bad word. Like I don't connect with people without some level of genuine value being seen. People are increasingly less interested in extraction, right? So what can I give you just constantly, 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 as opposed to really being able to have solid, valuable relationships with people that do equate to profit. It's very important that, you know, money is being made, but that also there's an impact being made. And this is not along the lines of social entrepreneurship or anything like that, but just that I'm able to add value to what you're doing and you're able to add value to what I'm doing in a more transformational way. And I think that increasingly is is where the world is getting to. And entrepreneurs who are trying to connect with people have to become increasingly mindful of that. So for example, investors, right? It's the same thing. Investors are being pitched every day thousands of, well, not every day, thousands of opportunities, but overall, right? The amount of opportunities that are floating across VCs' desks is increasing significantly. And so where you're going to find success with some of these folks is what are you doing that is different and meaningful? And so, you know, the conversation is no longer just, hey, I'm doing this and these are our numbers and you should put money into it because they can find ROI in many different places what people are really starting to look for is the transformational value of what you're working to achieve. Mm-hmm. Mike Peak Performers, know you understand why Kirk Anthony Hamilton is on this special edition of the Entrepreneurial You, and know you understand why he's able to connect with all these names that he dropped earlier on us. You know, I prod him too, and he did, you know, and I just want to say thank you so much, Kirk, because what you've said, especially in the last, I mean, everything you said was meaningful, but what you said about, you know, networking being a transactional word, kind of a transactional thing rather than what you tend to focus on, which is relationship building. And I think that for all of us can be the biggest takeaway from, you know, what you've said through the entire conversation that we've been having. So I take this opportunity to say thank you very much for taking the time. I know you're very busy, (laughs) you know, making meaningful connections and partnerships and everything that you need to do to grow your business. You're very busy. And so we appreciate the fact that you were able to come on and share with our community. Now, Again, please remind us of, you know, all the places that we can find you. No problem. So I am on Instagram and Twitter as Kirk Anthony underscore JM. I am on Facebook as well as Kirk Anthony Hamilton. So that's Kirk hyphen Anthony Hamilton on Facebook. My email address as well is Kirk at techbeach.net. So if anyone is interested in Tech Beach, definitely please get in touch. And we'll, we'll take it from there. Mm-hmm. And you have a website as well, so do you? Yes, techbeach.net is our website. We also have the destination experience, which is mydestinationexperience.com. And so I would encourage folks who are listening to check out those two platforms. That's our main way of connecting and getting folks into the rooms that they want to be in. And so you know, I encourage everyone to check those two websites out. And they're also 
both on social media as well. So the Destination Experience can be found on Instagram at My Destination Experience. And Tech Beach Retreat can be found on Instagram at tech.beach. And those are our main platforms for putting the word out. And of course, you know that it will be in the show notes. So just in case you didn't hear, you can always, I'm sure when you're listening, press our replay or something. But it's also in the show notes. So we've got you covered. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. It was very, you know, great to be on the show. Lysandra is going to do just a quick welcome and then we'll get right into our nice and quick press briefing before we launch today. Thank you all for coming. Today is about the Branson Center relocating to Kingston and we're so happy to have our founder Richard Branson here to cut the ribbon on the new space for us. So over to over to you guys to ask questions that you may have. Thank you for Porto from the Entrepreneurial You podcast. My question to you is what are some of the most asked questions when you're deciding to partner or collaborate with, with another company or another person? When I'm personally try, thinking about partnering with another company, um, questions that I would ask or the, that they'd ask? Can you ask, like, what, what are oh, things you need to know before you, you decide to collaborate? Okay. Um, well, I think uh, the, um, uh, you know, the, the person wants, you know, the lots of people have the same idea. Um, and it's how you execute that idea that, that's critical. And... Um, so it's finding, you know, finding an individual who um, uh, uh, is, you know, we think could be a great leader. And I mean, to execute an idea, you need to be a leader of people, um, and because a company is just a group of people. Um, so, are you the kind of person who can motivate people, uh, inspire people, bring out the best in people? Um, uh, because if you are that kind of person, your, your company has a chance of success. If not, you know, if you if you rub people up the wrong way, um, I'd much rather invest in somebody who's mm-hmm. who's good with people. Um, and I, and I think that you know that can't be overemphasised. I mean, you you've had um, you know horrible TV programmes in America um, with a this, a this strange guy with to T R U M P with five le- five, <laughs> five letters, <laughs> which is all about firing people and 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 that, and and um, uh, and, and, <laughs> and and how awful would be would it be if that if that was if that actually ended up running a country or something like that? But anyway, um, but, but anyway, the key the key the key the key the the, the you know, what you need what we all need in life is people who you know look for the best in people great motivators of people um, and uh, and you know in, inspirational sort of people to run companies thank you a question what is your for entrepreneurship in the Caribbean um, well on, look entrepreneurs themselves uh, will um, find you know will find the gaps and uh, and you know and and continue to make the Caribbean better and better and better. What we're just trying to do with um, uh, with the Branson Centre is give them that mu- that much better chance of succeeding. I mean, it's um, you know it's not it's not easy being an entrepreneur, um, and um, and so uh, having. Cassandra holding their hands. Uh, I, th- I, I think I need some help. <laughs> anyway, it gives you a much better, a much better chance of success. Um, and um, 
So, and I think, you know, if ultimately we could, you know, have organizations like this in, in more, more countries in the Caribbean, I think that, that would definitely be of help. And, you know, talking to the entrepreneurs who've been through the program, you know, they've all, they, you know, it's, it's, it's partly, you know, all the help that the program gives, but it's also that camaraderie of being able to feed off each other, um, lean on each other, that you're not being, you know, lone, feeling you're alone on your own, you know, trying to build a business. Um, you know, it's lovely to, you know, and, and sometimes trading, literally trading with each other and so on um, has, been, has been good. Yes, absolutely. We are hoping to select the highest quality, highest potential entrepreneurs and connect them with sources of capital. And we've heard the clamor for more brands and centers across the region, and we're actively looking into how we can action that in the, next, in the coming years. Very soon. I was, um, I was in Chicago yesterday, and, um, uh, and we were working out, this isn't quite related, but slightly related, um, we, we, we were um, creating a fund um, to uh, invest in purpose-driven purpose companies um, and trying to measure, um, measure, measure purpose um, and, uh, and, trying, and trying ultimately to get uh, all that massive pension money to go into purpose-driven companies rather than just any companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it was a really exciting day just... Um, Debating purpose, and um, uh, and obviously with America now, um, uh, you know, sort of um, not doing the right thing when it comes to things like climate change, and um, uh, it's going to be very important for business leaders to step forward to fill the gaps. So, um, you know, so you know, Jamaica, you know, entrepreneurs need to help Jamaica be powered by clean energy. Uh, Jamaica. Jamaica, like every country in the world, we've got to, we've still got to stick with the Paris Agreement, get to 2050 completely carbon neutral, you know, have that wonderful pleasure of being powered by, by the sun, the wind, um, by batteries, and um, uh, having a completely clean country, um, much cheaper fuel than currently exists. And um, uh, so, um, you know, so, you know, the Virgin Group, all our, all our investments now are purpose-driven, purpose, purpose driven, so we will only invest in things which have a real purpose. Now, for new, for new young entrepreneurs, um, they, they, they shouldn't get too hung up on that. They, you know, just, they, they, they need to just you know, get, get themselves established in whatever, whatever gap in the market they, they can find. But then later on in life, they can start um, thinking more about you know, if they make some money, let's let's make sure the next money that we invest is is purpose driven. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to do something with your hair, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've always I've, I've always wanted a hairstyle. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, Jamaica Stock Exchange. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing, or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call 
and experience transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Listen up, my business owners in Jamaica. Learn how to use marketing strategies to grow your business instead of loans. Save the date for the Small Business Marketing Event on Thursday, November 16, 2017 at the University of the Commonwealth Caribbean, UCC. Visit 2020strategiesconsulting.com. That's 2020strategiesconsulting.com or call 876 876- Five four five three three five two or eight seven six six two zero eight five eight eight to register. And I know for sure that you've enjoyed this very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You podcast in celebration of Global Entrepreneurship Week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now I'm giving you an opportunity to win sweet prizes, a Patwa Apparel t-shirt, an autographed copy of my book, 15 Hints to Entrepreneurial Success, Lessons from a Caribbean Businesswoman, and a five minutes guest slot with me right here on the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Now, here's how you can win. All you have to do is subscribe, rate, and review the Entrepreneurial You podcast in iTunes by going to hennikawatkissporter.com. Scroll down to select the Apple Podcast tab on the left of the homepage. That link will take you directly to the podcast in iTunes. Select View in iTunes. From there, you will be able to subscribe, rate, and review. Now, next, you need to email the screenshot of your review to hennikawatkissporter at gmail.com for a chance to win these prizes. Winners will be randomly selected. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good?